Let's open the Word of God this afternoon to the Gospel of John in the first place, John chapter 8. And in John 8, we'll read the verses 31 to 47. And this is the word of God. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abram's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I, I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of, of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. And then we turn to John chapter 18. And this is all in connection with Lord's Day 43, truth. John 18, beginning at verse 33 to 38. And this is at the trial of Jesus before Pilate, Pontius Pilate. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. 
For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. And then we finally turn to one of the letters of John, to John, where we'll read the first six verses. And again, the matter of truth is in focus here. To John, beginning at verse 1. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth, because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we received commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that, as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So far, the word of God. And we read that in connection with what we confess then in Lord's Day 43 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 43, we'll read that together. Lord's Day 43, and there we confess from God's word what is required in the ninth commandment. I must not give false testimony against anyone, twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, nor condemn or join in condemning anyone rashly and unheard. Rather, I must avoid all lying and deceit as the devil's own works, under penalty of God's heavy wrath, in court, and everywhere else, I must love the truth, speak and confess it honestly, and do what I can to defend and promote my neighbor's honor and reputation. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls who belong to the Lord, at the beginning of this service, I was allowed to greet you on behalf of the triune God with that salutation from Revelation 1. And part of that salutation is in connection with uh, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. And that's how Jesus, the Lord Jesus, comes to you in worship as the king who by his resurrection from the dead has received all power and authority in heaven and on earth and who is the ruler over the kings of the earth, all the rulers of the earth. Notice that Jesus Christ is also called in that salutation is also called the faithful witness. This king doesn't maintain his power by means of lies 
and deceit. It, it happens so often. We see that nowadays too. There is deceit and a lot of politics is involved in that. On the contrary, this king is the faithful witness. He is the truth in person, which is why he could call himself the truth and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. His kingdom is one that is based on truth and on truth alone. Those who believe in him are then his subjects. We're citizens of his kingdom in which everything is based on, on the truth then. And so it's obvious that one of the instructions in the constitution of Jesus Christ's kingdom is, you shall not bear false witness. You shall not bear false witness. After all, if our king is the faithful witness, then we may not and we wouldn't want to bear false witness, would we? Lying and deceit and slander are not proper for the citizens of Christ's kingdom. We only want to speak the truth because we love the truth for the sake of our Savior. Well, this afternoon we pay attention to the ninth basic rule of the constitution of Christ's kingdom and I proclaim to you the ninth commandment with this theme then we're called to be citizens of the kingdom of truth. We see three things. First, the devil took us away from the truth. Secondly, Christ has restored us to the truth. And thirdly, his spirit teaches us to walk in the truth. First of all then, the devil took us away from the truth. We read in John 18 how Pilate concluded his interrogation of Jesus about whether he was a king and the Lord Jesus tells Pilate, you, you're right in that, I am a king, but not one who rules by force, but by bearing witness to the truth. But Pilate doesn't understand what Jesus was talking about, so he ended the conversation with a question, what is truth? And that was the end of the conversation, but too bad Pilate didn't continue going into that that he didn't wait for Jesus' reply. For the question he asked is the central, central issue. If Pilate had listened further to Jesus, he would have come close to the secret of Jesus' kingship and the power of his kingdom. What is truth? Well, that's more than just not lying to somebody else. That's part of it, but it's more than that. In Romans 1.18, the Apostle Paul describes people who in godly, ungodliness and unrighteousness suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And if you read through Romans 1, and you can do that at home, if you read through Romans 1, you can, you'll realize that with the word truth, the Apostle means reality. The way things really are, truly are. The reality that this world belongs to God. We are His creation. And every day of our existence is given by Him. Light and sun and moon and stars, warmth and rain and snow, plants and animals, fields and woods, health and sickness. It's all His work. He created it all. He still upholds it all. For His purpose, it all belongs to Him. Outside of him, we can do nothing. That's the reality. That's the truth. 
But you see, after the fall into sin, man doesn't see that as the truth anymore. He doesn't see the reality anymore. As the apostle writes, he suppresses the truth. Even though he is confronted with that truth everywhere and every day, in creation, in the things that happen, he is blind to it. He lives as if there is no God. And that's because the devil, the father of lies, has closed his eyes to the truth, to reality. And it all started with the devil then. And the devil envied God at one time, wanted to be God. And so he became the enemy of the truth of God. We read how in John 8, 44, the Lord Jesus said, to, said that the devil does not stand in the truth. You could also translate, he did not remain standing in the truth. See, God created everything good in the beginning. The devil and his angels were once good angels who served God, who served the truth. But as it says in Jude, verse 6, the devil and his angels did not keep their proper domain, the position given them by God. The devil exalted himself. And from that time on, he no longer stood for the truth of God. He wanted to be God. And when he turned away from God, he shut himself into a world in which reality and truth are rejected. And then he sought out man, the crown of God's creation, because he wanted to draw man into his fall, into his rejection of the truth. By means of a lie, he drew Adam and Eve into his unreal world. And he established there the kingdom of darkness, the dominion of lies on earth. By listening to the father of lies, mankind in general has ended up in an illusory world with a view of things which is in conflict with the actual reality. It's more, much more than that people lie and deceive one another. No man deceives himself in the first place and above all. As it says in Psalm 14, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And that's because, like the devil, he's made himself God. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1 again, he changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. Humanism, we could say today. In his heart, he has dethroned God and placed himself on the throne. And so Paul continues in verse 25 of Romans 1, he exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. That's how the, the children of the devil suppress the truth. Those in the dominion of the devil. The, the truth that God is our creator and king and that there is no life or future outside of him. And the truth that he created everything out of nothing in six days and that he upholds everything is rejected and replaced with theories such as the theory of evolution and contemporary gender, gender theory and ideas such as the need for abortions as a way to deal with unwanted births. What is, what, what is wrong is called right. 
in the dominion of the devil. What is evil is called good. Think of how David laments Psalm 10 verse 4. The wicked in his proud countenance, countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Well, congregation, it's over against that back, dark background that God gave the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness. For you realize that someone who deceives himself and lives as if there is no God is going to do everything to maintain that lie. And it will be lies. That person is going to do everything possible to maintain himself in his illusion. And he'll use the tongue, the wonderful gift of language for that. All kinds of reasonings and communications not based on the truth, but on the lie. In the dominion of the devil, in the kingdom of lies, God's gift of language is used to suppress the truth by means of slander, scoffing, heresy in books, and on the internet, all kinds of theories and conspiracies, and television and radio. Unbelieving man tries to suppress God or chase him out of life. There is no God. And by means of lying and deceit and slander, he tries to maintain himself above his neighbor. There's nothing wrong with what I do and what I want to do. If I do what I want to do, nothing wrong with sin, for the neighbor is a potential threat to your position in life too. And a man, you, you remember, wants to be his own God, so others are always competitors who, want to who you want to eliminate. You see, when, when people lose sight of the truth of God, they become hard egotists who are only after their own interests, who only want to serve themselves. So they try to make themselves look better than they are. And they deceive and they lie about that. The father of lies has certainly changed life on earth into a life in which people no longer know whom to trust or what the truth is. But now we come to the second part of the sermon. Christ has restored us to the truth. Brothers and sisters, as promised by God already after the fall, the Son of God came into this world in order to bear witness to the truth. That's how it's stated in Scripture. He was sent by God, the Father, to take up the battle with the kingdom of lies. If you listen to my word, John 8, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Free from the whole illusion of li that lies have created. Jesus was saying, in other words, I've come to tell you the truth and, and to, to blow up that whole world of unreality, that deceptive world of the evil one. I've come to bring you back to reality, which you become blind to by nature. Namely, that this is still God's world. And you actually have no life in yourself. And only in God is there life. If you listen to my words, Jesus said, you will again see things as they really are. And instead of being a slave of sin, you'll want to be a child of the Father in heaven through me. See, and that's why Jesus came into the world as we recently celebrated at Christmas. This is what Jesus meant when he said to Pilate, John 18, verse 37, for this cause... I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. 
Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. However, before the Lord Jesus could fully achieve his purpose for coming into the world, he would have to experience how much this world is in the grip of the evil one and his deceit. He had to experience that. And how deeply the lie has taken root here. And he discovered that among the covenant nation, in, in the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the leaders of the Jews, and the Jews who rejected his teaching and kept trying to bring him to incriminate himself by means of lies and deceit, tried to trap Jesus. One of his own disciples betrayed him, was deceitful. And at his trial, the Sanhedrin brought in false witnesses in order to find something that they could use to condemn him to death. Ultimately, they shoved him off to Pilate with a lie in the hope that they could destroy him once and for all. And even though Jesus tried to explain to Pilate that, what he, that he had come into the world to proclaim the truth, Pilate didn't understand. He was not of the truth and could only ask, what is truth? Congregation, this world like Pilate cannot understand and isn't really interested in what the truth is. The reign of the devil, the father of lies, is just fine, the world in general thinks. And so there was no room in this world for the Lord Jesus. The devil, the murderer from the beginning, set the leaders and the people against Jesus, the truth and the life in person. And it seemed as if the lie had then triumphed over the truth for good when Jesus was crucified and when he died and was buried. But that victory of the lie was just the illusion because the faithful witness had not been eliminated once and for all. No, the, the Lord exposed the utter foolishness of men by using their own lies to lay the foundation for his kingdom of truth, his kingdom which one day will be universal. He triumphantly rose from the dead as the firstborn from the dead and as the ruler of the kings on earth. After his resurrection and ascension, there is no one who can destroy his kingdom anymore. The truth is here. The Lord Jesus has begun with the certain destruction of Satan's kingdom of lies and he's not going to rest until the truth triumphs over all. And his weapon, the word of truth, the Bible, which he has entrusted to his church. And the church, you could say, is the bridgehead of the kingdom of truth in this world, so contorted by lies. And that's why the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 3 calls the church the pillar and ground, or the, the pillar and bulwark of the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ gives the church the task to hold up, to hold fast to, to proclaim the truth in this world so awash with untruths and lies. That's our task as church in this world, brothers and sisters, to hold fast to and proclaim the truth, to call people back to, to reality, to life with and for God, which is reality. 
each of us in our own place and all together as church here and abroad for the, for the life with and for God is the real life, the life in Christ, which is everlasting life. Come to the last part of the sermon this afternoon. The Spirit teaches us to walk in the truth. In the church congregation, the Spirit of Christ, by means of the Word of God, then teaches people to walk in the truth again. And that's why he's also called the Spirit of Truth, John 14. The Spirit works in hearts through, through the Word, through the Gospel, so that our hearts may more and may more be directed by the truth to walk in the truth. That we again live in the knowledge that this world and we ourselves are God's creation. That we are here not just to serve ourselves, but to serve and honor Him above all. And the Spirit teaches us too that of ourselves we deserve eternal death because of our selfishness and pride and rebellion against God. But that He in His incredible grace sent His only Son from heaven and gave Him over to death on a cross so that we could again live with and for God. So that we could walk in the truth. Yes, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. But the Spirit teaches us via the Word that there certainly is a God on high, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the fool says in his pride, if there is, no, if there is a God, he doesn't see and he doesn't bring to account anyway. But the Spirit teaches us in the Bible that God will certainly bring all people to account before his throne, they will have to give account of everything they did and every idle word they have spoken. And learning this, you understand that it's of utmost importance to be busy with the Bible in the first place. To know the truth, to have your eyes open to reality in this world. The father of lies wants us to busy ourselves with all kinds of other things. To become absorbed, for instance, with the media of today and the secular bias of the media which leaves God out of the picture and everything. The movies in which people commit adultery and all kinds of other sins and seem to, seem to be okay with that, everything. Think of all the words radio and television and internet spout out all day about all kinds of subjects like sports or health or money as if this is all what life is about. We need to be careful how we make use of and listen to the media today because there is so much untruth behind it all. We need discernment instead of being washed with so many lies and so much deceit and unreality. Let's make sure that we especially search the word which is the truth, which shows what it's really all about. Be busy with the word. Spend more time with the Bible instead of Facebook or Instagram or so. And pray that the Spirit will teach you to love the truth, to love the Lord Jesus 
and to love the truth in him so that you walk in it more and more. And then you'll learn, too, to become careful with what you say, with your words. Only open your mouth to say things that are to God's honor and for the good of your neighbor. That God is exalted by everything you say, your words and your works, too. And that you promote the honor and reputation of your neighbor, whoever he is, even though he or she is also a sinner and you know lots of not such good things about them. And the Spirit will also teach you via the Word to have your heart, have heart for your neighbor and not to mislead or harm your neighbor with your words. For everything you say is known to God. You know He is there. It's all known to God and there is not a word on your tongue, but God already knows it before you even spoke it. You were just thinking about it yet. And you learn not to twist anyone's words to your advantage and to his or her disadvantage because you know God sees right through it all. And you learn not to judge someone rashly or unheard. And there is so much that is judged today rashly or unheard. Also, governments. And not to criticize them behind their back, but to speak with them before you speak about them. Even those whom God has placed over you. That's so hard for us to learn, but once you know and believe God's truth, you also know that of yourself, you're no better than them, and that you too live under God's eyes and ears, and you too will need to answer to God. And where the spirit of truth teaches people to walk in the truth, then gossip and slander will also decline, and other people's sins aren't going to be passed on to others so that you can shake your heads about them and say, well, how could they? How could they? No. You would say instead, there, but for the grace of God, go I. And then the argument that it's true what they did is not going to be used because truth is not just about the bare facts, but about loving others in Christ. Think of the well-known words of the apostle in 1 Corinthians 13, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. And so love also bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. In short, people of God, where the spirit of Christ, the spirit of truth is at work in people's hearts and lives, there God's truth is more and more restored to its rightful place. And people take God into account in everything. In what they say and in their walk of life. It becomes more and more Christ-like. Through the spirit. And the tongue and speech are again used to edify. To edify each other. And congregation, that's how the kingdom of truth, the kingdom of Christ. Makes progress in this world surely goes forward slowly but surely goes forward through this world and and Christ church is central to that because that's where people again through the word learn to walk in the truth see the reality and our king will not rest 
until the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of the lie, totally goes under and God's truth comes to its full light so that all people acknowledge it as the truth. And then no one will ask anymore what Pilate said. What is truth? They will all see it. Amen.